ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is William Tincup. He is the president and editor-at-large at Recruiting Daily, which sits at the intersection of HR and technology. He's a writer, speaker, and advisor. Today, we'll be discussing how applicant tracking systems work and how people can make sure that they market themselves to their best advantage. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so happy to be here. AI, natural language processing technology is changing how every aspect of business is being conducted and human resources and recruiting, no different. So the goal of today's conversation is to debunk myths and clarify how current recruiting technology works so candidates can successfully showcase their skills and capabilities in a faithful representation that will get them in front of employers who want to find them. To start us off, could you please share your bona fides regarding technology and current exposure slash involvement with the latest systems and processes? Sure. It's really interesting because a lot of people call me an analyst or an influencer or like all of these different types of terms. I started with an agency, an ad agency that marketed vendors into practitioners, fell in love with HR. Decided to get out of the marketing, went into HR and recruiting, and I've advised probably 50 startups. A bunch of them have exited. And at this point, I'm at the intersection of technology and the practitioners. I've got an SBHR and our HRCI certification, CERM certification, and all that other stuff. I've spoken at, I don't know, probably 400 conferences, let's say just 3,000 podcasts. So, like, I've been around the world talking so to you know your stuff <laughs> eh, you know when you say bona fides it's like where do i stop because <laughs> at one point <laughs> people are gonna be like this guy's really arrogant but, but well, i think that they just want to know that you've worked you've worked both on yeah. the employer side understanding yep. what you want out of a system but you've also really understand the system side right First, just a few definitions and some functional information. First, ATS stands for Applicant Tracking System, but that's very broad. What people really want to understand is how much resume assessment is done by a machine. So resume parsing engines, what are they? What do they do? A lot of them started with the kind of just keyword parsing. So keywords that kind of the job description, keywords in the resume, and matching those two things together. It's become more semantic search and uh, also kind of contiguous search where one word is said, but it also means these other 15 things. And so the technology has gotten better. But again, it's kind of an older technology. Parsing in particular, a lot of ATSs use the same technology. So they white label a technology that other ATSs. So there's good and bad to that, right? So an mm. ATS uh, A and ATS B on the outside look different, but their parsing engine is the same. So the guts of what goes into it That's is right. the same. I've right. been told that they simply bucket information. So recruiters have everything bucketed in a uniform way, that this is what a candidate sees when they've uploaded a resume and then they're asked to review everything that they just uploaded to 
to make sure the system ingested the information. Is it more than creating a database entry? Because what you're saying in terms of keyword matching and semantic search, that sounds like more than simply database creation. It is. It is. It is. And and again, the because they've made advancements there with machine learning mostly, it's it's actually matching those words up to each other that in, to then stack rank. Here are the people out of the thousand resumes. Here are the people that have the best matches. Right. And so that that's that can be helpful for recruiters, especially if they're dealing with high volume. You know, 20,000 people applied for the job. That's great. Uh, or is it? Well, right. I mean, so so what I so what that sounds like is that they are grading resumes. So recruiters have some they focus on, and others, for all intents and purposes, they don't really look at. Is that right. true? And they, yeah, that's absolutely true. And then they don't want to knock anyone out. I think that's the thing that I've heard most of it in the last couple of months is they don't want it to be a thing where you screen out. All I really want to do is where do you put your time more appropriately. Okay. And and so it's not evil in that sense of like, we're trying to get rid of these people that don't have degrees or whatever the bit is. It's really looking at, okay, these other people have a much better match to what you're looking for. So this is where actually generative AI makes sense. So if you want to, as a candidate, you take generative AI, you take the job description, you run that through there to find out what are the themes, what are, what, what is this looking for? You take your, your resume, your regular resume, and you run it through there and say, how do I match this with that? Right. And right. then you're not lying. Lighting that, the ways in which it matches that's right. up. That's right. That's the game. That's the so, game that candidates should play. So here, perfect segue, I've asked for people to send in questions, and now I'm going to go through these questions. And the first one was, should I have a custom resume for each job application? 100%. And it's it's easier to do now than it was before. Before, pain, got to get into Word, got to do some stuff. Now, with ChatGPT and with Generative AI, it shouldn't be a problem. I've read a lot of places that sometimes resumes are not even read by people. So you have to pass the machine in order to be read by a person. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it true that the default experience caps out at 15 or 20 years? I've been told by consultants to cut my resume. So there is no work experience listed that is older than 20 or even 15 years. I believe that. And in fact, I've done that. So in my LinkedIn profile, nothing uh, goes previous to 2000. Through the year 2000, I have no work experience, even though I do have work experience. And in 2025, I will cut everything before 2005. And so I'll always, to the audience or to recruiters or anybody that would care, I mean, I'm virtually unemployable. However, for those, I believe ageism is is a real thing. And for those that are, are concerned about it, it's also you're saying that those skills that were acquired back then, yeah, they're, they're probably out of date. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't need those right now. And you need the, the, the fresher stuff, the newer stuff. And I think keeping a 15, 20 years of work experience, I think is a good thing. So you cut your LinkedIn as well as yep. the resume. Okay. Yep. If I list experience that is from 20 years ago, am I going to be kicked out of the mix or downgraded? I think so. I don't think we'd ever get anybody on the record telling us yes, but my gut tells me that they're going to think you're too expensive. Okay, so they're going to, even if you're applying for the job because, hello, you've been unemployed for six months or what have you. Okay, interesting. How do most recruiting departments team with the software they use? And I think what the person was getting at with this question is, 
are there pull down menus to help them craft that job description that or do they no. just craft the job? OK, they craft um, it and they. And, and when you say figure. craft, you're really close to saying crap <laughs> because it's done the way that we've done it for years where people will go into Indeed or ZipRecruiter or whatever, find a job that looks a lot like something that they want. They'll cut, copy, put it into work, change it around just a little bit to kind of make it sound like the, the company that they have. They'll post it and it's trash. So okay. you, you attract what you put out there. Right, like in the life in general, but in, in these in job description in particular, I talked to a, a, an ex-CHRO who was so frustrated by this particular thing that they, he went out and created a, a conversational bot that interviews the hiring managers, a hiring manager and says, what are the outcomes? Oh, right. And then interviews the recruiter, what's the KPIs? And then they push those two things together and creates a job description. Oh, Interesting. So like in that particular instance, that's a real, that's a job description, job ad that's actually going to win because it's got the hiring manager's take. Because a hiring manager knows the job, but doesn't know how to get it out there. The recruiter mm -hmm. knows how to get it out there, but doesn't know the job. Right. This takes both those experiences and puts them together. Pulsion AI. Okay. And I don't have any ties to them or anything like that. So. Okay. Well, that's a good resource for all your recruiters out there yeah. or people, anybody hiring. 100%. Um, I've been let go as part of an industry consolidation. I'm older and have been managing people more than doing hands-on work. How do I showcase these broad and deep managerial experiences without flipping the I'm old switch? <laughs> First of all, you're not old. You're wise. I think that's the that's the... <laughs> That's the, the thing that you have to look in the mirror and say to yourself, you have to say, I love you. Right. So like some basic stuff, like, the, you know, get past whether or not you were laid off or not. Doesn't matter. It's what skills do you have right now? Not not ones that you've developed through your life. What skills do you have right now that are useful to a company? And they might be tangential. So it might you might be great at project management. You've done it all your life. But right. Like in the last year you've really ramped up this type of project management then that's what you should be focused on okay. so don't go so far backwards that you're thinking about well you know in the 90s i was doing this well first of all it makes you it makes you look old ageism is a real thing and they think you're more expensive which again you could be but that's not the point the point is is you want to show the passion of the skills that you have right now that you could bring to bear tomorrow right is copying specific language from a job post requirements and putting it into my own experience a valid strategy? 100%. Okay. So this person really wants to know if cutting and pasting specific phrases yeah, will be and, better and again, than getting you, the same idea a different way. Yeah. And, and you know, AI will do that for you. So you don't, you don't really have to do that in Word. You can do that. And again, using tangential words through generative AI, you don't have to use the exact phrase. So okay, so so not the explicit. exact. So it doesn't. They're not looking for the exact phrase as long as it's no. it means the same thing. Carries the same weight. They want it to carry the same weight. Okay. Does resume length matter anymore? I was always told to keep a resume to one page, but if I'm going into detail on all the experience and I've worked more than a few roles or a few years, my resume is going to be more than one or even two pages long. Well, this it it kind of depends on the job. So an executive job. 
So C-suite, if you're going for a C-suite job, your resume is just going to be longer because you're going to you're going to really want to convey to the executive recruiter just the breadth and depth of everything that you can do. With a regular job job, like say a director of product marketing at, at you know company X, I would focus on the things that you're most passionate and you're most recent. So one page is fine. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt you. Two pages doesn't hurt you. Past two pages, yeah. Now, okay. this gets back to the parsing question that you asked earlier that, you know, the parser doesn't know if it's two pages. Right. That's only a PDF that's uploaded to whatever is uploaded, it, you know, whether it's a job site or whatever. That would they would know then it's a two page resume. But if you're going through to an ATS, they're just going to say upload your resume and it's just going to parse those words. So two pages is going to kill you. Does I the think, recruiter see yeah. the resume or do they only see what the ATS shares with them? They can see either. So okay. that's a, that's up to the resume. Uh, that's up to the recruiter and hiring manager. Hiring managers usually want to see a resume. They they like the matching stuff. But that's really for the recruiter to help them. Kind of here's the five candidates that you should be talking to. But the the hiring managers still like to see a traditional resume. Okay. When I first learned how to write a resume, it was all about action words and accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Is that important anymore? Yeah, it is because it's again, you're going to do the same thing at a NUCO. So, what are you going to do at NUCO? Well, you're going to still, you know, you're going to achieve things. You're going to have outcomes, your KPIs, you're going to succeed at something. So, I think all of that stuff still works. It's, I think, the amount of detail. Like, we were taught a certain way. It's like you have to have three bullet points under every job, and, you know, it has to look symmetrical. I think you could throw that out. Okay. And make it more and less about symmetrical and more about your passion in that particular achievement. Well, I think what's what the person what where the where this ends up, why this is what's being asked is the the skills. Often these jobs want skills. Yep. And if you're gonna write a sentence about every skill, you know, some of the skills all go toward a you know, a particular achievement or maybe right. they're not, or, you know, so it can get long. I think well, this is you the can, length thing. Yeah. You know, but, but, but get, let's get creative. Increased sales by 80% dash. Here are the skills. Well, okay. Next question actually goes to exactly to that. Is listing skills acquired after each job role a way to 100%. rapidly share a range of skills practiced? 100%. Okay. A hundred percent. So you can and, have your thing. Okay. And we're in a era that's skills-based hiring. So we crossed over about two years ago where everyone cares about skills, whether or not it's skills that you have today or the potentiality of skills that you'll build tomorrow, teachable, trainable, tangential, et cetera. Like they want to know about your skills. So you could do an entire resume that's just about skills, achievements and skills. And because they want to know like the breadth and depth of your skills. And, And again, something that's 20 years old was a skill, but have you kept it up to date? Right? Okay. So okay. that's 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 what they really want to know is they want to know the the frequency of those skills, but they want to also know the the latency. Like when did you acquire that skill? When did you when did you last work on that skill? So if you, for instance, if they, um, let's just say, per, you know, Jane Doe has three jobs listed after, and she has her achievements. And then the last bullet point is skills acquired. And she has a list of skills acquired. If 
project management was something she started doing through the at the first job, but has continued each time. She should report repeat project 100%. management each job. Okay. 100%. And even something specific about that project management, project management using this application, uh, project management in a virtual reality setting, you know, like, like, let's get if it's the same, that's totally fine too. project management in residential construction. Okay. Well, so is it more so I guess, should it should it be a full sentence? Or can it just be a rapid list? You know, rapid list, rapid list is okay. Rapid list. And I would even make that a paragraph and just put commas. Okay. Okay. Because that's it's it's not looking at how pretty your resume is. Right. Even the, hiring the hiring manager might, or will they not care? They won't care. Cause, okay. Because it, it creates a conversation for them. It's like, well, tell me about these skills that you have under this position here. This is really fascinating to me. Pop, 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 pop. Okay. I do a lot of extra credit things. I speak, I teach, I participate in professional organizations. Mm -hmm. How should I be including those things? Do they even matter? Oh, they absolutely matter because, you know, people want to to understand the whole you. So the things that are your hobbies, the things that are your passions, the volunteer work, they want to know that. They want to but know how do you so how, how do you, you include yeah how do you include those things are they separate you know you have your work history where do you put them you know because it, also again the format of these systems which ingest these yeah. resumes does so it come I, as a job I don't I don't discern work experience from volunteer experience it's okay. just experience okay so like what I what I've done with my my own my own resume but also what I did with my eighteen or seventeen year old sons is it's just experience okay. There's no difference. So your experience can be that you're on the board of a local nonprofit. That's that's experience. And what skills, what skills do you have? What achievements, what skills do you have that you've attained and that you've, you, you know, that you're leveraging at that particular experience? Right. So don't delineate. Don't make it about job or work and then, oh, this other stuff over volunteer, et cetera. It's just experience. Okay. How about the order that you know sometimes you have mm-hmm. you've been volunteering for years you started however many years ago and you're still doing it and then you have your most recent job which one should be on top is the does the your order matter yeah the recent job because they're going to be looking at your skills with again with the most recent in chronological order so I see. So the first, the last job that you have or the current job that you have, and then all the other experiences that are still present. So whatever, well, I mean, whatever. but if you're, for instance, let's say, I mean, for instance, you, you have many, mm-hmm. many things that you are yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. So you have something, let's say you had a consulting engagement, it lasted a year and then finished, mm-hmm. and then you've been on a board for yeah. 10 years and you're still on that board. So it's a... From so, 10 years ago to present versus this sure. consulting thing. So where do you stack those things up? So now now the, the way you solve that algebra is what are you trying to attract? Are you trying to attract another consulting position? Or are you trying to co- attract another board position? Right. So it depends. It's whatever the job is. And then what, you, what are you trying to attract? If, okay. that, if, you, if you're trying to attract another consulting gig or probably a full-time consulting gig, et cetera, then, then yeah, you'd put that first. Okay. I see a lot of jobs on LinkedIn with a lot of applicants noted, and these jobs get reposted despite having many applicants. Are those jobs real? Yep. hundred percent. What's going and, on and they're, there? <laughs> well, they're, they're real in two senses. A, they might not have, okay, 26,000 people apply to the job, but they might not be the right 26,000. 
one of the things that we've that would seem to point to like a crappy description of what they want because they're not Uh, getting it close yes and this is improv comedy yes and (laughs) um it's it's the apply all that that a lot of these systems have so when you go into let's say indeed as an example you can select multiple jobs and, and hit apply and so it creates a lot of noise in that system it's not it can be about a crappy job description yes but it also can be that that candidates are playing a numbers game right but and that's that goes against advice number 1 which is custom resume for every job that's right that's right. So you should so, never do that. Don't hit that button, people. Don't ever right? hit that button. The button, it, it does you no favors. It creates noise. It, it it might get you into a job that you don't even care about. So don't do that. And, and again, it's this is both both sides have fallen in love with volume. So you got recruiters that spray and pray, and you got candidates that spray and pray. Mm. So if we if we get rid of that and we say, okay, it's actually about quality, not quantity, then then both sides are better off. The other thing that happens when a lot of people apply to a job, an employer is trying to also build a community. Like that person might not be good for that job, but might be great for the next job that they have available. Do they really look at them that way? Do oh, they, God, when yeah. they, for instance, okay, you've applied to Gigantacorp, you've gone right. through their portal, that you've yep. uploaded your resume, it's sitting there, they have a new job. Do they test it against the resumes they've already adjusted? They're getting okay. better. Okay, so if you'd asked me that question four or five years ago, I'd have said, no, of course not. They just cast new and whatever comes in. Now what they've is there's several technologies that actually harvest the data from their ATS and serve it up to them. So when they create a new job before they post it, Oh, they will say, you have these people already here. Would you like to take a look? Well, it's interesting and, because... And, but wait, there's more. They also do this internally. So there's technologies oh. now that will do this. They actually go, okay, well, let's go look in the ATS. And do you already have something that where somebody's applied four years ago, but has these skills? Or is there someone internal that has these skills? And they serve those things up. So the better recruiters that are out there, they don't even cast. Until uh, they've looked. Until they've places. looked. That's right. Well, you know, that's interesting. I've had a a number of clients who've told me, because they've been complaining, quite frankly, that they applied and they were they were notified that they did not get the job and they were told keep looking at our site and apply to other opportunities and they're a little annoyed because they're like look i'm not my resume is what it is if you have other opportunities shouldn't you like what what is that so what is that what well, what's happening the, there the the better companies are actually what they're looking at when they look at your resume is they're looking at the job that job but they're also looking at other opportunities for you so okay. this is so that 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 company that wasn't looking, which was saying you do some looking, was maybe just poorly. That's just um, poorly executed. Okay. And again, internal mobility and new candidates—they're behaving the same way. It's—it's it's, again, if you want to attract the talent, that's one thing. If you want to retain the talent, you then you then promote have people. to actually put. Yeah. Well, you have to promote people, but you have to constantly be putting other opportunities in front of them so they can grow. Right. Right. Why do employers ghost applicants? They have all the information they need to let people know a position has been filled. Right. Sometimes, you know, these are people who have gone through interviews and then just crickets. Well, you got two two things here. Ghosting happens on both sides. So ghosting is not new. Ghosting's always been there. It's it's it happens both from a candidate perspective and an employer perspective. When employers I've I've kind of come to the place where there's just no excuse. 
on both sides. If you're a candidate and you set an interview and you don't make it, you should you should text or email that person and say, hey, I'm not going to make it. Vice mm-hmm. versa. There's just no excuse for it. So if we're dealing with the corporate side of this, there's just no excuse. There's no, no, there's no excuse. It's a zero tolerance policy. You just shouldn't do it. It's not just crappy. And it's it shows that you have poor time management skills. It shows that you don't have to understand how to multitask. It's like you don't care about the individual. Like it sends a bunch of signals that could easily be mitigated by like a simple text message or a call or an email. Like, hey, close the position. Sorry about that. The timing isn't work, didn't work out well with us. I know we had it scheduled. Not going to make it. Obviously, not going to make it because we just filled it. But, but And then let them know. Hey, listen, your resume is already parsed. It's in our system. Before we go out and look for a new job, we'll obviously see if we can match you. Okay. So I'm sorry this one didn't work out. Like that, you know, that's a canned email. Like I create that. Right. You draft it and send it out. So, yeah. so, so that's, uh, that is a complaint that is, is often put out there on LinkedIn. And there is no excuse, employers. You should not be doing that. No. Why do systems make you submit a resume? And then proof, or worse, re-enter all the information again manually. Uh, that's just poor, poor process. So let's just deal with kind of what that is, right? It's, it's, it's again a candidate. I've even seen ATSs where you, if you you set up a profile in, in candidate in, in excuse me an ATSA, and you, you apply to a job, and all of a sudden you find it through the career site, you find another job. You're like, oh my gosh, that's cool too. Makes you set up a new profile. For another, for <laughs> same job, uh, no, excuse me, a different job at the same company. So that's how inefficient things can be. So if it's a tell, I mean, this is actually something that's really important: is speed and quality is 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 a tell on how functional the company is. Oh, interesting. If they, you know, right, they can't do this. The, mm. the, they're, they're they're sending you a signal. Right? Their I systems, you, their systems are not so great. Yeah, I sent you a, a rabbi, I sent you a priest, and a fireman. You know, you you either you either took those messages or you didn't. And so, right. I think if they make you upload a resume, okay, that's fine. And then they make you go through a process where you upload the exact same data into a, a, a system. You know, I'm not off put by that. But if it sends me another signal that they don't have their stuff together, yeah, right. I'm probably out. Right. Right. Last question. Do cover letters matter? Are they read by the ATS or are they separate? Separate. But once you've, I, I'm, first of all, thank you notes and cover cover letters. Once you've interviewed, that's a that's a thank you note, right? Mm. And that can be text, it can be email, it can be a voicemail. It doesn't really make a difference, but that uh, people love those things, the personal touch. Now, the cover letter, I don't think uh, the cover letter gets you anything. In these systems, because we we focus mostly today on systems and parsing right. and things like that, I don't think a cover letter gets you anything. Now, if it's a company that basically says, "Hey, we want to send this, send us a PDF of your resume," and you're going to be sending that, you know what? Cover letter might not hurt. It's like, listen, this is why I think I'm a great fit for the job. This is why, you know, blah blah blah. Here's why the skills align. I'm excited. I'm passionate. Your values and my values they align. Like that stuff does matter if it's going to a person. If it's going into a system, eh, it's not it's not working for you. I I had advised somebody that if if the system wants a cover letter, do a, do a cover letter because you want to follow directions, 100%. but don't invest a lot of time because it's that, not really going to be that important. Great um, advice. 
Well, thank you so much for taking all the time going through all these questions. I think people are really going to love hearing these answers. I really appreciate it. And I feel like I should interview you once a year to update everything on how it goes. It's really... I would love that. I would love that. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm happy to be here. Glad to be a guest. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voiceers who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>